Thank you for joining the She the Icon podcast. This podcast is designed to connect you to your passion and purpose through combo, collaboration, creativity, confidence, and clarity. And with all of our special guests, you will learn how faith can help you through trials and tribulations and build your business as an entrepreneur. So today our special guests will be introduced right after this message. Thank you for joining the She the Icon podcast. So today we have a special guest with us and this lovely lady, her name is Jasmine Bowdry and she has a passion for fashion. So first of all, let me tell you how I even somebody suggested her for the podcast. So after just like following her, we connected and seeing everything that she's doing, I just I'm, I'm gonna let you tell tell everybody the great news and the accomplishment that you've made, and tell us how you got to that point. Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Jasmine Baldry. I'm the founder and CEO of Shift Style House, and I'm gonna assume that you're talking about probably the Macy's. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> so recently, actually last. What month are we in? Uh, July. So in July, my brand Shift Style House launched in the market at Macy's Mall. So the market at Macy's is a new format for small business owners to get into a large retail footprint and sell their products. So thousands of people apply to be in the market. So it was really an honor to have my brand there um and I think you asked like how did it even get there or how did how did that even happen Mm -hmm. um so I've I've been in fashion essentially like all my all my life um and definitely all my adult career so degree is in fashion merchandising I used to be a corporate retail buyer for X, Tiffany and Company and other retail brands and in 2016 is when I launched my own online clothing business um, you know never would have imagined being in um, a Macy's at all but really just have been working um, really hard over the last three and a half years to set my brand apart from other um, you know online boutiques so Thankfully, that was something that, you know, Macy's noticed and, you know, allowed me to be a part of the market. I think, um, I think honestly, probably my background in retail buying, um, you know, did help. I, I've tried to position, like I said, you know, position my brand, um, not like other online uh, online boutiques and businesses. So I think that just having that background and that kind of inside scoop of how it works in mass retail, uh, I think that helped as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I want to touch on something because I know a lot of people that own boutiques and they love fashion. You know, that that's something that they love. But I think what's unique about your background is that you have a degree in it and that you've worked as a buyer for major retailers. And I think that that's something that before you even get to the Macy's story sets you apart from a lot of um, boutique owners. So that gives you the inside on about purchase orders and what the trends and how to forecast 
and how to put yourself in a position where you know what the demand is going to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and I think that that sets you apart from a lot of um, boutiques. Cause like I said, I know a lot of um, friends that I have that own boutiques and they're doing great. But when you know how to prepare and market, it's like you have um, an inside scoop of what you need to do and how you need to be prepared. So I'm sure that that's something that Macy's, you know, they that probably caught their eye. I think so. Um, yeah, like I've been in retail for, I mean, it's, it's probably, I know over 10 years, it might be around like 12, 15 now, but I mean, I've been in it for years. So, you know, things that, people don't necessarily you know look at like you might um and being on the buyer side of it like I've seen a lot of small business owners they want to go into you know retail they they think that that's you know that that is a goal for most product-based businesses but then they aren't prepared for it so they get caught up in having to provide you know the inventory and and you know when the demand hits they can't supply it because they weren't, you know, prepared for it. So I mm-hmm. think that, you know, just having that understanding of forecasting and, and not um, going too heavy, um, I think that definitely helped as well. So with you just touching on that, talking about being prepared for like purchase orders and things like that. So can you give us like a typical day of what you would go through when you, um, you know, when you receive purchase orders or, um, you know, just a typical day of what you have to do to build your brand and manage day-to-day activities? Yeah, so I um, am old school, so I use Excel. So I, um, one, I have a productivity calendar, so everything is like color-coded every, you know, every hour of the workday, which, I mean, I typically work pretty much seven days a week, (laughs) but, um, you know, everything is color coded in terms of, you know, what I plan to do for that day. So in terms of like, um, you know, when I'm doing buys and placing orders and things like that, like those are set on specific days. And that's when I'm, you know, reaching out to vendors, um, you know, making sure that items are being shipped on time. Um, I'm also researching, you know, any new uh, you know, last minute product that I might want to bring in, um, you know, just things like that. So I have like specific days that I handle um, kind of like my buying process. And mm-hmm. with fashion, you should be working at least three to six months out. So mm-hmm. if you are, you know, fall starts September 21st. So if you don't have like your fall collection together, like you're already late, you should essentially already be working on 2020 stuff so I try to you know plan ahead for things that are are coming in and I do that by going to various um, fashion trade shows to see what new items are coming in the future months so that I can uh, begin to prepare and understand you know what um, items that I might want to bring into my boutique okay wow wow now I've heard about these trade shows so besides going to the trade shows, please let everyone know what they should expect if they are already in the fashion industry or they're looking to take their brand to the next level. Can you give them some advice, some things that you do every day to keep yourself in with the trends, you know, like 
everybody's always looking for advice or a new connection or a way to network. So what, what would you suggest that somebody should do if they're looking to get into the industry or to expand their brand? Um, I would say if they're looking to expand their brand, um, then just really start looking at ways that you can dif- differentiate yourself, um, you know, as a business owner. So, you know, what kind of special add-ons can you add to your, you know, your existing base? Like I'm a fashion stylist, so, you know, I have personal styling services. So, you know, can you add on some additional things that would just make your um, customer experience stand out a little better, I would say. And then in terms of new boutique owners, um, before you jump in in this industry, I would say really, um, understand who you want to target like who you want your business to be for because many people do it backwards they create the product first and then Mm -hmm. think that they're gonna sell it to everybody and it's very important especially in terms of fashion because it's so personalized that you have a specific customer in mind when you are you know creating your business and especially when you're creating your collections Exactly. And I think that's so important. And I talk to business owners all the time about that. Like you have to know your target market. Exactly. If you don't know your target market, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Come I think that's so many something people. that they miss. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I talk to so many people and they're like, oh, everybody's my target market. I was like, like, that's no, impossible. That's not. impossible. You can't market to everybody. Everybody exactly. is different. You have to know that target market. So speaking of target market... How would you describe your eye on fashion? Hmm, my eye. Honestly, um, well, it, it depends because it honestly, I think of my customer. So it might not be something that I like personally, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, I always keep my target, my girl in the forefront when I'm doing, um, curating collections like I'm always thinking about what she's wearing where she where is she going how many different ways can she wear this outfit but I would say that my eye specifically um I'm not really big on like trend Mm so um you know I think it's important um and I'll I'll play in it you know personally and in my business a little bit but trends um I don't feel necessarily create longevity in terms of fashion. Like if you're always chasing trends, then you're always chasing. And mm-hmm. I want my business, um, you know, to be sustainable. I want people to know that they can, you know, come for their power suit, you know, for that big meeting that they have that, you know, the staple pieces that you need to have in your wardrobe. So I would say that my eye is not necessarily like the trend focused eye, but more so, um, you know, is this a staple piece and how many versatile ways can this outfit be worn? Like, I think that we spend so much on fashion and you don't really get much wear out of it. You know, you wear something one time and, you know, then you don't want to wear it anymore. Mm-hmm. Versus me, I'm like, no, we're going to flip this about three, four yes. ways. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So speaking of, you know, because I, mean, I feel like you're speaking about like timeless fashion. You want things to be that they can be um, where you can wear them different ways. You can wear them different times. 
you know, throughout the year and you can mix and match with different pieces. So speaking of that, are there any brands that have inspired you or you feel like they give you a lot of inspiration that are already out here on the market? Yeah, I'm always looking at um, looking at a variety of brands, looking at, you know, a variety of people in the industry. Influence, I would say probably one of my favorite um, brands right now. And they, they've been a while around for a while, but their dresses became really popular over this last season. But Zimmerman um, mm-hmm. is probably one of my favorite. And that's just because those are like, it's like timeless romantic pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one of my favorite brands that I look to for inspiration. I also look at stylists. Uh, so Jay Bolin is one of my favorite stylists. We've worked together in the past. And I would say, um, you know, I look to him for, he's very good at mix and matching patterns and textures. He does that very well. Um, you know, something that you might not necessarily, if you're just looking at it, you wouldn't think to put that together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love just looking at, you know, his page for inspiration on, you know, different ways that pieces can be styled. And also just, you know, it encourages you, encourages you to have fun with fashion and be able to play with it. So I would say that he's definitely someone, um, you know, that I look to for inspiration. Um, you know, and then some of the, the, the I, I would say, you know, kind of the, the older stylists in the game. So June Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ruth Carter. Um, I like I said, I'm kind of old school. Mm-hmm. So. No, I, listen, <laughs> all these people that you're naming, I know they've been in the game for right. And so they are. I, I look amazing. to the people that have been in the game. I don't look, you know, at the and, and but I will say some, you know, some new stylists like Cardi B stylist Colin Carter. Like you know, I look at some mm-hmm. of the up and coming ones too. But I tend to kind of look at more of the seasoned, um, or you know, some traditional and classic styling absolutely absolutely and I know you mentioned that you do personal styling for um you know individuals so if you could have that one dream person doesn't have to be a celebrity but just somebody that you feel like would be your dream person to style who would that be um I would say not a celebrity my dream person would be to style I would say probably a teacher. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. And I say that because I feel like teachers feel like they have to be so mundane with their fashion. You mm-hmm. know, it's typically, you know, you just imagine the teacher like hairs in a bun, glasses. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, there's so much that you can do there. And I feel like that most teachers probably feel like they can't have fun with fashion due to their profession. So I would say that's probably, um, that's probably a client that I would love to style. Wow, that's amazing because that is so true. I think that they just, you know, they want to be comfortable and then they're right. dealing with kids every day. So I get it. And that that that's a wonderful thing for you to even acknowledge that and want to even put that out there in the atmosphere. So that's amazing. And um, I'm sure a preacher, I mean, a teacher would definitely appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. So now I want to get down to, because I know that usually all of our listeners, they want to know um, the things that we usually don't share. So can you give us a, an example of something that was like your hardest uh, thing to overcome in this industry or when you first got started? You know, because this is what people want to hear. They want to know, like, how did you overcome this? 
because if they ever get to that point they want to know okay well maybe I can use or, or figure out what Jasmine did in this situation and apply that to this mm-hmm. so yeah yep. so, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say um when I first started out like how we talked about your ideal customer I would say when I first started I did not know who my ideal customer was um and so when I first started, I thought that, you know, everybody was supposed to be buying from me. So, you know, all my friends, <laughs> everybody like, and when they weren't, you know, a few did, but when they're, when they weren't, like, I really started to kind of, you know, feel a type of way, like, why aren't you supporting, you know, my business? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you, you know, supporting? And so I think that many times, many new entrepreneurs feel like, your friends and family have to support you Mm. and I would say that what I have to overcome is my friends and family may not be my ideal client so once I realized like who I wanted to target and who I wanted to you know focus and and niche down on if my friends and family weren't in that then I you know I I wasn't focused on them anymore I was Mm -hmm. focused on serving who my brand spoke to so I think that that's something that new entrepreneurs have to get over because you feel like you're supposed to have all this support and, you know, support might be, and I've learned like support is me being able to call my friend and, and vent or if I want to cry, mm-hmm. you Absolutely. know, like that's, that's being a friend, not, you know, me feeling a type of way because you didn't buy this new shirt that came out. Maybe y'all like the shirt. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you have to kind of get over that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was hard for me initially because in my mind I was like well you're supposed to support because you're my friend and it's Mm -hmm. like no Mm -hmm. you don't have to you you build a business um that your friends and family you know those those aren't your support for your business you're trying to build something outside of that that Mm -hmm. everybody else will support so and I think that so many business owners go through that especially like your first two years of business mm-hmm. I went through it everybody that I've talked to they went through it or they're still we're still going through it you know that we think that our friends close friends and family are going to be our number one supporters mm-hmm. but I think what I try to encourage people to do is look at it from this perspective you're going to have friends and family that are never going to support you you know we have to just face that and then you're going to have some that may support you not necessarily monetarily maybe they will help because I my family I mean I can count on them to come to events to help instead of me having to hire someone else to be mm-hmm. my assistant for the day so I have to look at things and balance it from both perspectives but yeah. I agree they're just some friends and family members that will probably never support and I had to get over that too. I was saying you have to be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to be mentally prepared for the people that are not going to support or the no's. People are like, no, I'm not interested or I don't want to buy that. You know, you have to be not only physically strong, but mentally strong, especially being an entrepreneur. And I think that um, that's something you learn over time. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Yeah. And, and you have to, like I said, be mentally prepared. But once you get past that, and you understand that those are not that's not your target market then you get over it quick and then you're like okay I need to focus on the the people that I know that's interested and exactly and working on them to make them repeat customers so yes absolutely so you said that you have um, you had started with the online boutique um, 
do you still have the online boutique now? Oh yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. So how do you balance that and the, uh, you know, the marketing and the production for Macy's? Um. Well, it's it's separate. So the the great thing about um, you know, being in, in a retailer like Macy's is that they have their own systems and you know, things that you kind of have to abide by. So it really makes it easier to like manage inventory. So I, you know, keep the inventory separate because mm-hmm. the, essentially the Macy's has a, a whole slew of, of customers that come in. So things I might put on, you know, shiftstylehouse.com might necessarily might not necessarily fit you know the Macy's demographic so Mm -hmm. it's really just like keeping it still being true to my brand and what my brand stands for within the market at Macy's but being able to have it you know separate and, and also be able to test new things you know in the store so there might be things in Macy's that I don't put you know online because I want to you know test it out and see how the customer reacts to it while mm-hmm. in the store so okay and then I definitely want to talk because you said something about um you know the difference between being uh the items that go to Macy's and then the ones that are online so what would you think that would be your most effective tool because Macy's is a great platform so of course people come in the store they shop they can see it but for most online boutiques you know we use you're using social media or word of mouth so what type of marketing are you implementing to, you know, market your brands? Yep. So I um, do a lot of email marketing and then I run a lot of social media ads. So ads on like Facebook and Instagram. So those are my two um, biggest kind of digital marketing channels. And OK, so I'm glad you said that because we all can use uh, social media because just a regular post is free and now since they've changed so many things of course Mm -hmm. we have to get more into sponsored ads we're spending more money right marketing and advertising so um we have to set budgets for this you know the marketing and advertising so because you're in the fashion industry i know there are plenty of times i'm scrolling on my phone and i stop because i see something i'm like oh my gosh that's wonderful so I wanted to ask, you know, when you do sponsor ads, because this is a lot of, these are questions that I get asked all the time. When you do sponsor ads, would you please provide your feedback on the um, numbers or return you get on sponsor ads? Because a lot of people are so concerned with just sales. And I, I have to get the point across to people like, do you know there are so many people that will come across your sponsored ad? They may not purchase right away. They may purchase 60 days down the line, but they've saved that because they want to remember. Like if mm-hmm. there's you have something that's like a really pretty dinner, you know, something for dinner, like a, uh, you know, like an after five event or something like that. And they see it and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to save this because I'm going to order this when I need it for that. So can you please talk about the return on your sponsor ads? Like, do you see that it's more monetary followers uh engagement or and because you know we can track everything now so how do you see that performing for you 
Yeah, ads work great for me. Um, but ads are all also about testing and tweaking. I've okay. I found that most people um, that run ads have other that don't see um, returns have other issues probably going on in their business. So ads are like not a fixer upper for yes. your brand. Like if you got a crappy website and you driving people to your website with an ad, they're not gonna purchase because your website sucks. So, you know, it's, it's other factors. Again, you might be targeting to the wrong people. So if you don't have your ideal customer, you know, drilled down, then you're just targeting that ad to everybody and chances are they aren't going to purchase. So um, I definitely see monetary returns on my ads because Mm -hmm. I have my ideal, you know, audience down. I I know what I'm I'm targeting them usually to something specific. Mm -hmm. So I have all of that in place prior to running ads. So Again, I've just I've come across so many people who are like, well, ads don't work for me. Um, but usually if it's ads don't work, then it's something else going on in your business. Um, or you just you just aren't you just don't know how to really properly um, use Facebook and my business manager, which it's it can be pretty difficult when you're initially starting out. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say digital marketing um well email is probably about i want to say maybe about 35 percent of my Mm -hmm. revenue and then social media might be like another 25 so Mm -hmm. it's definitely a um revenue generating source for my business so that's why i continue to do it well that's i'm I'm so glad that you expressed that because i feel like so many people are so confused with the you know the ads and yeah. what they should be doing and I know for me I test things all the time test right. ads. I ha- you have to because yeah. it changes the algorithm changes all the time so we have to be prepared for that so I do test um, sponsored posts all the time just to see what the customer is. I mean at one point I know more people were liking pictures at one point so they'll look at a picture and they'll read the verbiage and then at one point it switched to more videos and you know people wanted to interact more with that or ig live and videos so it just it really depends and you have to figure out what works best for your brand exactly yeah you have to you have to test in you have to test and tweak so when i'm running an ad and um so if you run an ad and like through Instagram, right, then it doesn't necessarily give you all of the metrics of setting the ad up in Facebook Business Manager. Mm-hmm. So I only set ads up in Business Manager. Um, that's the first thing. And typically when I'm when you're doing that, I'm running at least five ads at a time. Mm-hmm. Which is testing like different copy, different images, and different audiences. And so you want to test out initially, um, you know, the different, the different metrics. So that being, like I said, copy uh, your image or your audiences. And then you want to see which one of those is performing best. And then whatever of those five is performing better, then that's what you, 
allocate more ad dollars to. That makes I'm sense. I'm so glad that you said that because this that's another question that I get a lot, and I'm glad you said that you do five different ads. And I know what the next question is going to be for all of our listeners. How do you determine your budget for those ads? You don't have to give us a number, but just like, you know, how do you determine your budget? All ads start off at five. For me, it's a day. Okay. You said $5 uh, a day? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and most, um, like I have, I have an actual ads coach. Like he used mm-hmm. to actually train Facebook employees. So, um, I was I was taught by him, and yeah, all all my ads started five dollars a day, so it does not have to cost you a lot. Once mm-hmm. you start seeing which of those from the five dollar testing, then you can put more into it. So I start off all ads at five dollars a day. You don't want to tweak an ad for at least four to five days, so leave it alone because it takes Facebook some time. To, you know send it out to the audiences that you're testing and kind of you know gain those analytics so most people after a day they're like oh the ad's not working for me and it's like Facebook is still learning it mm-hmm. so you have to add some time so I started five dollars a day and then I tested for 45 day, four to five days and then you know depending on whichever from the test is performing better then I put more money into that one and monthly set of ads budget like mm-hmm. an overall ad budget and say this is how much I want to spend these are the ads that I'm running and I'm not spending you know over that so absolutely absolutely and I'm glad you provided that information because I know that's what a lot of because um, I've had the conversation like I said with several other owners and they were asking me about how you know how much I spend on ads you know I have more of a product based business Although theirs is product too, but I'm like, clothes is different. You know, you can show a video of you wearing the clothes, you know, them hanging up or on the mannequin. So it's different, you know, the way you can market and mm-hmm. you can style it different ways and show them like if it's a jacket, you can wear it with jeans, a dress, right. so many things you can do to market that. So, you know, and I just, my, I've always said that you're never going to know what works for your brand until you put it out there for your brand. Right. Everything is different. So I'm so glad that you really broke it down like that because in a, in the business manager, I just went through somebody else with um, somebody. They don't live in, um, they actually live in Nashville about how to set up their business manager. They didn't, they didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. And I want to say something, you know, like as business owners, you have to get out here and network and socialize and find out what um, marketing tools are out there for you mm-hmm. that are free. Yeah. They're free. And because she didn't know, she didn't even have that set up for her. And she was running ads and wondering why she wasn't getting the responses that she should. Yeah. And I'm like, so you don't have anything set up in your business manager? Like, she didn't know anything about that. And I'm like... Yeah. Yeah, you got to be in the right circle of people so they can connect you with the right opportunities for your brand. Exactly. Exactly. Because so, there's always, what I learned, is always somebody that knows more than you. Absolutely. So don't ever feel like you know everything. <laughs> yes. And, and you know what else I want to say is people should not be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. You will be surprised at how many people will be willing to give you information or be willing to help you. 
you know, I'm I'm not afraid. I'm I'm a person that I'm very bold and when <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that. Like I'll ask, you know, information about information or hey, do you know somebody that you can put me in contact with? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many ways to monetize social media before you even start sponsoring ads. You know, so I'm, right. I'm glad you touched right. on that. So let's let's talk about the fact that you're in Macy's now and you know you still have your um online boutique so what do you see coming in the next in the future in the next couple of um months in the next couple of months I um I would like to test um Macy's in other locations Mm -hmm. so um one of the currently the market is only in 12 different um Macy's locations so again looking back at my analytics and seeing like where most of my target audience is um that's why I chose Atlanta because I have a large um you know a large base in Atlanta and I'm from Michigan so my other my second large base is Detroit so okay looking into you know potentially going into some other market locations um Look at, looking at that, again, growing, um, you know, growing online sales. I, um, you know, I just want to do a lot more than what I'm currently doing with online. So doing a lot more video content and things like that. And eventually uh, getting to a place where I'm not necessarily working so much in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, like I am. <laughs> like I am. <laughs> like I have for the past three and a half years um so that's that's kind of like the, the top few things that I'm I'm looking um to do in the future yeah I think that that is the goal for everyone now like I feel like once you've put about three to four years in you've worked so hard yeah. and it's like you start <laughs> thinking okay I need to be able to give give myself a little relief mentally and physically so I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Well, I, I definitely think that, you know, you gave everybody some great feedback and insight okay. into um, your day-to-day operations and how you are making strides and being be successful with your venture with Macy's. And um, I think that that's amazing. And like I said, you have set yourself apart from a lot of other boutiques that are out there and I think that um yeah I think that you have created um a vision for other boutique owners to possibly either follow in your footsteps or step outside of the normal for um you know the online boutique so you know and, and it's it's something that I feel that as women and as black women we should be commending and supporting because you don't see that that often you don't see a lot of women stepping outside of the the same path you know you've carved out your own path and that that needs to be commended thank you yes 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 so i am so excited that you were able to join us today and thank you for having me yes your great success so um give them your contact information let them know how they can get in contact with you and follow you definitely so you can follow me on instagram at shift style house you can follow my personal page at jasmine mache that's j-a-s-m-e-n-e 
M-A-C-H-E. And if you are an aspiring or emerging boutique owner, you can follow my other page at The Boutique Teacher, where I provide resources and tips and things on growing your retail business. So I just want to say thank you for having me. Oh, yes. You got to tell them which Macy's. Tell them which Macy's they can go to. Oh, it's um, Macy's in Lenox. So that's in Atlanta. Yes. So if you guys are in Atlanta, which I know us, we all people go there all the time. So you can stop in and support, take pictures and tag her and tell her you're buying her her designs. I think that this is amazing. I'm so excited. And I know that all of our listeners are going to be, um, you know, excited to listen to your podcast. I, I want to thank you. Um, I appreciate you for taking time out of your day. This was an amazing podcast. Thank and I'm you. sure we'll be I'm sure we will be interviewing you soon about something else you have, yeah. you know, that you'll get some other great accomplishments. So I'm excited for you and um, I'm gonna continue to pray for your business and that